0: G'day, I'm Morgan Evans, and welcome to Selkirk OnServe, a Pickleball podcast presented by Selkirk Sport. With interviews and insights, news and announcements, we're here to take the pulse of Pickleball. Today we're going to talk about Pickleball, we're going to discuss the benefits of implementing a Pickleball program at a resort facility, and of course we're going to discuss Spartan races. What is a Pickleball podcast without a discussion about Spartan races? It's my pleasure to welcome the self-proclaimed 11th ranked Pickleball player in the world, the General Manager of Shadow Mountain Resort and Club in Palm Desert, Mr. Michael McFarlane. Thanks for having me, Morgan Evans. I appreciate the time. Not a problem. So, we're going to get into Pickleball soon, but uh, I wanted to start out with... Something that's pretty close to your heart at the moment. You've been competing in Spartan races for the last couple of years. What what got you involved in that?
1: Boy, I, you know, uh, I was going to a gym. I uh, had come off teaching a lot of tennis and uh, kind of let my athletic kind of prowess slide a little bit. So I thought I need to get back in better shape. So I joined a gym that had a bunch of fun programming, and somebody had a wild hair and said, "Hey, let's go try this uh, Spartan race thing." So we went and. Uh, Day I got there, I looked at it, I said, man, I can't wait to do this again. This is going to be fun. And so it's basically it's, it's a lot of running and climbing and carrying things and pushing things. And it uh, kind of touches on your athletic ability a little bit. So it's, uh, it's been fun. And, you know, believe it or not, even in tennis, Serena Williams did one recently. So I saw her on a course. I passed her and Serena and her little entourage were out there on the course. It was awesome. It
0: was fun. Ran by and I'm like, hey, that looks like Serena Williams. <laughs> it was awesome. So by association, you're essentially one of the greatest female tennis players of all time. Absolutely. I, I consider
1: it an indirect win and we'll get into that later when I indirectly beat you, So, but that's a totally different story. <laughs> um,
0: so you mentioned uh, back when you were coaching tennis and then for whatever reason your athletic prowess, you, you said um, slider to slide. Yeah. I, re- I remember a bet you and a friend had, a yeah. uh, $1,000
1: bet. $1, a $1,000 bet. It was basically who could lose, I think it was either, I think it was 20 pounds. It was 10 or, no, yeah, I think it was 20 pounds. First person to lose 20 pounds got the $1,000. And I, I'll literally do anything to win a bet. So it's like, I'll take that because my buddy I know can't stop drinking beer, and I could stop drinking beer in a heartbeat, and that was the deal breaker right there. He couldn't stop. I did. I won the 1000 bucks. never collected it because... I didn't feel I needed it, I just wanted to win the bet. So from then, that's when I started getting into doing more you know, physical fitness type of stuff and working out and doing all that stuff, so it's been
0: fun. And do you feel like your elite level of Spartan race, um, Spartan racing, mm-hmm. has really set you up for your next big career move in, in the world of pickleball?
1: Oh, absolutely. But the, the difference is I can only move in one direction now. I only move forward. So that whole kitchen idea, I'll probably go over, through the net, over a person. Might not turn out too well, but yeah, I can only move forward. So I decide it's not going to work for me.
0: <laughs> Is it difficult to to manage a, a facility or two facilities now and right. uh, still have time to train to compete um, in but, Spartan racing?
1: Yeah, I just don't sleep at night. I uh, i get up at four something in the morning. I go to the gym every morning. Uh, I'm usually at the gym by five ish, work out for a couple hours, and then I usually try to do Typically, either a run at night or something like that. So it's usually two a day. And then the middle of the day is obviously all work in the clubs. And adding the second club to it has added a little bit of work. But, you know, I think we got great staff, you know, yourself included, working over there. So uh, uh, having the great staff makes a huge difference. But getting it up and running, been a little bit of work.
0: So no sleep. So essentially, you're Batman.
1: Exactly. Minus the cool car. Okay. Well, and the outfit. (laughs) That's a different story.
0: (laughs) So moving over to pickleball. What prompted you to go all in in this uh, this new resort, Palm Desert Resort, with twelve courts and obviously um, two existing permanent courts at Shadow Mountain and uh, a handful of extras? Right. What What was the main thought behind that?
1: I got a really pushy director of pickleball um, that <coughs> just mandated we put these in now. But in all
0: honesty, you
1: know, you, we uh, our website has a pretty good presence, and we get a lot of people requesting information and. Uh, across the board of rooms tennis pickleball and i honestly started to notice that minus the tournament time out here the BNP time our requests for information are probably two to one pickleball to tennis right now so we're getting that many more requests for pickleball and it's people wanting clinics people wanting lessons programming we've even started putting together groups like you'll get a group of 12 or 16 people coming from you know the northwest or whatever wanting to come down they'll stay at the resort reserve a group of pickleball courts and either play by themselves or do lessons so um it's really
0: it was the demand and have you seen an inverse relationship between tennis demand and pickleball or no, it's, is it not yeah, a zero-sum yeah, game no, i assume
1: absolutely not yeah the tennis is still there actually our tennis is just as strong i think it's a combination of two things i think there's a lot of tennis players that play pickleball uh, just to kind of mix it up and in my opinion i mean you know i don't play as much pickleball but it helps your volley it helps your net game helps your volley game there's no way you couldn't be better at tennis if you learn to play a little pickleball, I mean, if you there's just mm. no way. Having the hard paddle, hard ball forces you to volley correctly, in my opinion. So, if you learn to play pickleball, you're automatically a better, probably doubles player in tennis. So, I'm not seeing any loss of tennis; just seeing a tremendous growth in pickleball.
0: Mm. Yeah, for me, I felt like earlier on when I was still playing a lot of tennis as well um, and picking up pickleball, it did help a lot. Mm. Um, you know, touch around the court, especially. Mm. But every once in a while, I'll meet someone who's still reluctant to to take up pickleball because they think they're gonna it's gonna ruin the tennis because someone that they know um, has said the same thing to them. But it's typically what's happened was someone picked up pickleball and played it for six months without swinging a tennis racket once and wondered why their serve wasn't as good as it used to be yeah. and they blame pickleball. Right. So I would say it's exactly. true if you if you don't play tennis ever again, then right. yes, there's a good chance your tennis isn't going to be great. But right. I'd say fifty-fifty, and suddenly your tennis is uh, is looking. The court is is so huge. Um, you see all these open spaces.
1: Right. Oh, uh, absolutely. Yeah. I do. I mean, it is hard to transition. Like I went I played pickleball this weekend, and you know, I still see that ball. I just want to grip it and rip it and realize it. Yeah, maybe I just think that thing over and it. I might have won, but it really <laughs> did feel good to just aim it at somebody. Did you win? Uh, not as many as I lost, unfortunately, but uh, so it's hurt my ranking. But you know, I'll get it back up. I'm not that concerned.
0: For your counterparts around the country that are um, running resorts and mm-hmm. clubs, do you think there's a kind of a secret source to implementing pickleball? If so, what um, what do you think it's been for Shadow Mountain and now Palm Desert Resort?
1: Yeah, I hate to say it, but the, honestly, if you build it, they will come there's enough demand well i i should say if you're in the right setting so we're in a resort setting we're in a town with the right demographics we built these new 12 pickleball courts i mean i I personally think they look great Um, and we just we couldn't stop people from joining i mean we sold 60 memberships in the first five days Um, if you build it and you program it and i think the programming uh, is important you need to be able to offer them something different than what they're getting in a park and we've said it from the beginning our goal was to not take away the park play but to improve upon the park play so instead of it like out here showing up to a park and you know playing for 20 minutes and then waiting for 40 minutes and rolling the dice and who you get to play with we wanted to create a more of a club atmosphere where you could reserve courts which i thought was important reserve courts with your friends play at your own level I think that made a big difference and when we sold that package that way so you know in my opinion if you're going to create a pickleball club you need to be cognizant of that and kind of lean in that direction you need to be different than a park because if you're the park well people are just going to go to the park
0: yeah Yeah. so the structure essentially is what what you feel like people are are secretly looking for
1: yeah and i still think that with the demographics i think having a club atmosphere where there's something to do where you don't just show up you know put your easy chair up play and then leave i think having more things there creating a social atmosphere i think drives people to it it's going to make them hang out more i've always even with tennis i've been a big believer in Activity breeds activity. So if you create activity and other things to do, people will hang out longer. They're going to do more things. They're going to spend more money while they're there, whether it be in a pro shop, at the restaurant, the cafe. They're going to take a lesson. They're going to see their friends getting better. They're going to want to get better. So it's really, it's an activity breeding activity type of thing.
0: Do you think pickleball can really be leveraged um, in terms of building the, a tourism structure around a resort? Um, you know, Similar to the previous question, but... Is there, is there something in particular um, that you do that you feel like some of your competitors? And, you know, it is a, right. a competition out there for um, yeah, I know, mean, the tourism dollar. Right,
1: yeah. So it's basically, will people travel to play pickleball? And the answer is absolutely. They're just like, like any tennis player, any golfer, whatever. They want to go to a resort destination. They want to do what they enjoy. And right now there's a lot of people playing pickleball. It's obviously the buzzword. It's a growing sport, as we all know. And all you really need to do is you need to make sure you have the programming in place. And you know, and without patting your back too much, having you on board and saying, oh yeah, by the way, Morgan Evans is here, people draw to it. I mean, I, it's funny how you'll hear that, oh, well simply because I, whether it's Marson or Morgan or whoever it is, if they're there, these people want to come see you guys and they want to take a lesson, they want to be around it. And it's kind of, a, it's a great environment. So if you have the right staff, you have the right programming, Absolutely, tourism could be tied to it.
0: Oh, sounds good. You're, in, you're basically printing money, aren't you? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Tell us a little bit about Palm Desert Resort. It's actually just a few minutes away from where we're doing this uh, world-class podcast as we speak. Um, one of the first initiatives you had was to put in 12, 12 new courts and right. open up the club. Right. Um, what's What's the What's the plan going forward? What do you feel like? Is the sky the limit? Um
1: yeah we actually i just left from a meeting there and uh the 12 courts every morning are basically busy and occupied all morning long and you know tennis and pickleball here in the desert is a morning activity there's a little bit of afternoon stuff but it's primarily a morning type of thing we are seeing leagues forming we have plenty of leagues out here teams with leagues uh forming so Yes, we could absolutely grow that, and I would imagine by the end of the next season, we will probably have to add more courts to that facility. Word. And the, yeah, I, I firmly believe that. I think we'll have to make that probably a 50-50 deal over there. It's, it looks like it's going to be that. Right, right now, our membership is three to one, tennis to pickle or pickleball and tennis.
0: Really? Yeah. You're welcome.
1: Yeah. Well, let's also say you didn't think we could sell a pickleball membership. <laughs> okay. Let's be totally honest. <laughs> and
0: that's that's true. In your
1: defense, what did you say? You.
0: Well, yeah, no, no, I was... I. You were skeptical I, that somebody skeptical. would
1: leave a park and mm. write a check to be a member. And I think it's a valid concern initially because you go to a park and it is free. We obviously made ours extremely affordable, again, mm. under the premise that Activity Breeds Activity. So we introduced these memberships at a ridiculous price just to get people there because you get 100 people there playing pickleball and they invite one of their friends over, mm. they're going to be like, wow, this is the place to play. There's more things to do. And... Mm. That's how we sold those memberships. They're yeah. a, they're affordable and there's stuff to do.
0: But for 120 a year, it's yeah. uh, it's a great price. Yeah. Um, yeah, I when we were having this this discussion um, a month or so ago, I was looking at it from a perspective of one of the things that pickleball players love. Um, regardless of their level is their ability just to roll out of bed not have to organize anything um, and just go to the nearest um, public facility Mm. and know they're gonna get a game and you know I thought that was something that I loved when I first went in Um, I'm not a huge fan of organization. I don't like. I don't want to call three other people and try to set right. up everybody's time. But I'm happy to go meet and greet and play with anybody and everybody um, at the local but, and park.
1: And I think what's going to happen is you're going to start seeing, like we did in tennis, more matchmaking. I mean, Shadow Mountain tennis was named was made on matchmaking. You show up mm-hmm. to that resort as a single person traveling, whatever it is, and you say, "I'm a three-five-four-zero player," and we work hard to make you a match and i think you will start to see that same thing in pickleball you'll see a member walk in and say i'd like to play monday wednesdays and fridays at 8 a.m make me matches and we make them for you
0: that'd be amazing that would be uh i would imagine a a first in the industry yeah Um, i think it will go that way mm, brilliant i'm excited so let's go back. Wind the clock back a little bit here. Four or five years, uh, <laughs> okay. I had I had moved to America. Um, we call it America. America, sorry, America. it, was, it was America. America. Yeah, um, you know, young, wide-eyed optimist, and picked up pickleball. Just a couple of couple of games here and there, and then eh, to be sw- honest, you had played quite a bit, and I'd played once. Uh, well, we'll just agree to disagree on that <laughs> right, one. Okay. And, well, uh, the details
1: are a little fuzzy because alcohol may have been involved in part of it. I'm not sure which part, but there might have been some alcohol. Involved. I
0: guarantee my listeners that there was no alcohol involved in any of this sporting endeavor, um, because I'm sure I'm, it was. A I'm pu- sure. I'm Everyone sure it was that it knows a you, park. <laughs>
1: yeah. yes, it was a public park. <laughs>
0: um, and there was a, there was a match. I believe yourself and possibly my brother Kai went. Um, against Marson and myself, and uh, apparently you won that much. I That's, did uh, that match. I did. Well, we're, we're all. I I've credit. never
1: played since because once you beat the top players, why would you ever go back? It's like if you played, if you played Roger Federer and beat him, would you really go out and play the guy ranked number ten in the world? No. For what reason?
0: Yeah. No, you just hang up the uh, the racket. Yeah, you're right done. There.
1: It doesn't get any better.
0: So, are we seeing a Michael McFarlane, the Michael McFarlane, slip into retirement because you you essentially jumped the shark?
1: Absolutely. I I consider it an indirect win. I mean, I've indirectly beaten virtually everyone on the planet at this point. There's nowhere to go but down.
0: Look, you can't argue with that sort of logic.
1: Eh, it's (laughs) not really logical, but it works for me. and I live in denial, so it works. I'm a tennis pro. I come from a tennis pro background. We have big egos, so that's That's why I believe I'm the number 11 in the world. (laughs) After a solid weekend of playing, I think I could get to 11 in the world based on the fact that I once beat you. Nothing more (laughs) than that.
0: Well, there you go, folks. As you hear it from the man, denial is not just a river in Egypt. Ladies and gentlemen, that's Michael McFarlane, the general manager of Shadow Mountain Resort and Club and Palm Desert Resort. It's been an absolute pleasure. Please listen next time on Selkirk On Serve. Thanks, Morgan. Cheers, mate.